We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the 2v1 Sportscast. After today, we will have done a dozen episodes, so we're keeping steady. Just like always. <laughs> What's a dozen in Espanol? What did you say? Like, doce? <laughs> no, I... It means 12. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Doce. Doce. Just like always, we have a lot to talk about today, so we're going to jump right into it. The new college football playoff rankings came out, and the top seven held strong. Uh, everyone in the top seven won their games. And Oklahoma lost. Rip. Rip. Rip Big 12. <laughs> hey, it's... Rip indeed. There, there's one team that still has a chance, and that's Oklahoma State. But, uh... Anyways, let's, let's just see what your guys' thoughts are on... Where they're it's standing, obviously some of that's going to change this week because a few of those teams play each other. So, how's it? I'll start with you. What 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 do you think about them, and what do you think is going to happen this week with the college football playoff? Um, you know, I I'm looking at all these people, and I think BYU will obviously move up hopefully move up. Uh, they need Oklahoma to lose this week to Iowa State, which maybe, but they'll need someone to lose before they can move up. I don't think, I know Michigan State's playing OSU. If OSU beats Michigan State, they're not dropping below, you know, I would say 11. Um, I think Notre Dame still shouldn't be up there. <laughs> I just don't know who Notre Dame is really beaten. They played one good team, Cincinnati, and they lost. Yeah, I guess they did beat Wisconsin, but they almost lost to Florida State, and we know Florida State has not been great. Um, they almost lost to Toledo. So I think Notre, like Notre Dame shouldn't be top 10, in my opinion, but we'll see what happens in these next few games. I don't see them losing. They're playing Stanford 3-7 and Georgia Tech 3-7, and so... I think they went out, but I don't think they make college playoffs. Boom. I don't know. It. I agree with these standings. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't. I agree. BYU shouldn't move because they haven't played anyone. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, looking at this college ball playoffs standings, I mean, not much has changed. I mean, with Oklahoma losing, I mean, there goes that you know chain of effects, the domino effect. Um, certain teams move up, but not surprising that the top seven kind of stay where they're at. Um, I mean, one team to look out for in the top four, at least, um, is Ohio State the next two games specifically because they got the work cut off from them because they are going to play Michigan State, and then they're going to Ann Arbor uh, for one of the greatest rivalries of all time, in my opinion, in college football and even sports in general. And even looking at Oregon, too, I mean, Going up against Utah in Salt Lake City, um, that's going to be a big game uh, for both teams specifically. 
Um, and then I I can see your point, Hazard with Notre Dame. They haven't really had that much competition. So even looking at their schedule, I'm like, it's kind of surprising to me that they are that high. Um, I don't, I personally don't see them in the college football playoffs unless something drastic happens and the stars would have to line in that case. But again, it's very, very slim. If any chance, I just don't see them getting in. Um, so there, I mean, there's a lot of teams to keep an eye on. Um, few big games this weekend uh, for certain teams, like I mentioned, Ohio State and Oregon. Even Alabama, that's a uh, that's a game to keep a close eye on because Arkansas is creeping back into the rankings, and they're not a joke either. They've beaten pretty um, sound teams. Um, I mean, they – so it's overall um, nothing really to really keep an eye to – how should I say this? To – Really, nothing has changed. Um, and so I just think overall this week is going to be an interesting case of events. I, I do have to go along with the big games and this week with the top, I'd say, top 10. And Cincinnati has a huge game, which I think they can define who they are as a team by winning, not just winning this game, but like soundly winning this next game versus SMU. Like they should beat them by 20 plus points. And I think that will maybe give the committee more confidence of letting them be in the top four. Um, hopefully once one of the top four team loses, obviously they have to lose and we can see like the only one that they need someone else, but Georgia to lose for them to get in top four. If Georgia loses to Alabama and the, you know, the championship Good for Alabama, but there's no way they don't put Georgia in. Georgia's unless they lose these next two games, they're for sure, they're the only ones for sure in the playoffs. You were I was running on the same wavelength with you, Hauser. I was just about to say that about if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia's still in, you know. And all the teams in the top four need to win out besides Georgia to make to keep the standings how they are, or the rankings how they are, and get in the college football playoff. Uh, I think Oregon's going to have a loss somewhere, whether it's this week to Utah or possibly in the Pac-12 championship to Utah or whoever makes it in there. But I think if Cincinnati, this is, like you said, Hauser, it's a big game. If Cincinnati stays there and they – they win out. I think they're going to get in as long as they have the dominoes fall the right way for them. Um, obviously the Michigan state, Ohio state game is huge this week. I think, I mean, if Michigan state beats Ohio state, they might have a, a, a case to get back in the top four. Uh, and last week, like, I agree with you, Hauser. BYU didn't play anybody at all last week. It was their bye week, so they didn't move. Uh, and the only way they would have moved is if we would have had people lose that we needed to lose, like Baylor, but Baylor beat Oklahoma, and Wake Forest, who beat NC State. Wake Forest does have a big game this week against Clemson. Like Clemson hasn't looked good this year, but they're still 7-3. and three. So if Wake Forest loses that game, then... That can help BYU if Baylor loses this week. 
which I doubt they will, but Kansas State is a good team too, also seven and three team. And then Oklahoma playing Ohio State, not Ohio State, Iowa State. We seem to always get that wrong there, guys. Uh, but yeah, and then Notre Dame, like Hauser said, he, I don't think, think they believe they should be in the top 10, but they're not playing anybody in the next two games. You know, uh, granted, Stanford, even though they're three and seven, they did beat Oregon, but they're still not a good team. So if Notre Dame loses to either one of those teams, then it'll show that, yeah, they're not that good. So. I think, obviously, that I think they all look good. The rankings, you know, the top seven held strong. There's no reason to change those. You know, no one lost. You know, no one had close games, really. So, besides Michigan, Michigan barely beat Penn State, but they got away with it, and Penn State's still a good team. So, so that that's my thoughts on it. Do you guys have any additional takes? I mean – Going to BYU, I mean, to make a case for them to be in the New Year's Six, um, Cincinnati has to win out and make it into the championship game. That can give BYU an opening for another at-large bid. Because typically when we've seen in the past, there's at least one, um, if an at-large bid, non-Power 5 team is not in the college football playoffs, um, they're typically in. There's either one or two, typically in one of the new, like in the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, and so, I mean, you can make a case. I mean, looking at even Notre Dame being independent. Um, I mean, just don't. I just don't see them losing any games. I mean, they're playing Georgia Tech and Stanford, um, not promising teams. And so, I mean, you now look at BYU, Georgia Southern, and USC, winnable games. Um, and so I think the important thing is for BYU to be in the New Year's Six, I think Cincinnati has to be in the college football playoffs. If they somehow, um, you know, lose this weekend or they just don't get into the playoffs, um, it's just a harder case for BYU to get into the New Year's Six, mainly just because you have Cincinnati and Notre Dame up there. And so um, I think to me that's just – I know a lot of people have been talking about chances with the New Year's Six, but I think the big important thing is Cincinnati has to be in there. I agree, because you've also got Notre Dame that can get an at-large at the uh, New Year's Six. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, I mean, ahead, I would say that I, the only way we can, you know, be way you can get it as well is if Notre Dame or Cincinnati lose. I, I really think I'd take a two-loss BYU team over a one-loss Cincinnati team that loses to a no-name. True, but I don't know if the because they beat Notre Dame, will take you know, because they beat Notre Dame, the committee would probably be like, "Oh, BYU lost to Boise State," you know, like so. Yeah, but Boise has been winning, which I is mean, how is helping BYU's case. But I mean, ultimately, if Notre Dame loses, then there's no way they make it to a. You know, New Year's Six yeah, game. Especially with... Because they're playing literally yeah, no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think we've got, what, two or three more weeks before the final final uh, rankings will come in. So it'll be fun to see how that all plays out. So let's move on now to the NFL. And we're going to talk about Hauser and Josh's team's today uh let's start with uh josh's team uh kind of came out of the the waters and 
and beat the Rams this weekend. So we'll start with you, Josh. What do you think about how that game went and what what this means for the 49ers? I love it when my teams prove me wrong. I am very happy to see the 49ers of old, especially with the Rams um, and their high expectations as well. Um, and it's also a funny thing. The past four times the Rams or 49ers have played, um, 49ers have won, I believe, all of those matches except for like maybe one, I think. I can't remember what it was, but they've won most of their games when the Rams or 49ers have played against each other. Um, I mean, it was, you know, going into the game, it wasn't really that great um, as a 49ers fan because of the way they played recently. Um, and especially defensively with their corners, but um, they certainly proved me wrong. I liked how they stuck with the run game, which Kyle Shanahan has been known to have, um, you know, a great running game um, with the mix of Jimmy Garoppolo. And now with Kittle back, um, with Kittle and Garoppolo, they make each other better. Um, And then the Rams, they lost two games in a row now. Um, you know, there was high expectations for them, you know, before the two game skid that, you know, they're Super Bowl bound. You know, we got a lot of people saying that, but um, it's definitely with this win, it's huge for the 49ers because that gives them the confidence needed. And Debo Samuel, he went off. Um, I mean, looking at Debo, me personally, I think he's one of the greatest. Um, uh, how do I how do I phrase this? Um the running out to the catch receiver in the NFL because they give him yards after a catch. Um, and so it's definitely also concerning for the Rams as well, because when you bring in a guy like Vaughn Miller and now Odell Beckham Jr., which people can say whatever you want. I still think he's a great receiver, but I think this can be a cause of concern for the Rams. Um, but I think overall it just gives 49ers a lot of confidence and certainly makes me happy as a 49ers fan just seeing them back into the fold, especially defensively. Um, you know, it reminded me of back in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, the defense that they had. They were it was just completely unstoppable. Um, up until they got to the Super Bowl, of course, and Patrick Mahomes happened. But um overall, I'm happy with it. <laughs> um and I'm interested to see how this will go because I mean it is one game. And so hopefully they can continue that momentum, but we'll just see. So then, oh, it's a, go ahead, us. Uh, I was, I just want to respond. I still think it's a fluke. They won. I mean, it's the NFL and every team's great and every team. They are NFL players. Except for the, the Lions. So anything can happen. Well, okay. They're a college playoff team, but, <laughs> um, I really think, like, you know, it's a fluke. I I don't think the Niners are that good this year. Um, They can prove me wrong. They can win another game, and then I'll be like, okay, maybe they are better than we perceive. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't see them. And I have to admit, I don't see my Seahawks doing well either. Like, they lost a shutout to Aaron Rodgers, yes, Russell Wilson came back and he didn't look great. Understandable. He's rusty. He has a pin in his, he just got a pin taken out of his finger. And anyone that knows how to throw a football, your middle finger is one of the, one of the, or the last uh, finger to leave the ball. And it's very important on the trajectory of, you know, how the ball's thrown. 
and the spiral and the speed and all that fun stuff. But the Seahawks defense, you know, held Aaron Rodgers 17 points. It wasn't until the end where they gave up more, but I I like the Seahawks defense. Like, I, I think they're finding their identity. And I think they can, if they take the players they have now and take this momentum, I think they can be a pretty good defense, you know, next year. Seahawks, I mean, still do have a chance. They don't really have, they have one of the easiest schedules in the back half of the season, but they'll need one upset upset against like the Cardinals team or the Rams team. And then they need a win against these easy teams like Houston, Chicago. Um, sorry, but the 49ers, I consider an easy team. Um, I don't know. I, I Just one more comment about the Rams with Odell Beckham and Josh. And I, I don't think this game defines how Odell Beckham does because he came in and played. Like, he doesn't know the system. But I think he is a cancer. I think he is kind of not emotionally mature. And I think he will be the downfall of the Rams. Yes, he is a great wide receiver, but he's a great wide receiver when he's the number one wide receiver. And he's not going to be the number one with the Rams. Like, we all know that. Cup is going to be. And so I think Odell Beckham Jr. needs to mature or he's just gonna you know implode the Rams, which i'm very okay with yeah there's my two cents uh, to go along with the housing i was gonna say with the rams i'm like since they've they got uh beckham jr and miller miller is that his name i'm thinking the right person okay uh since they got them there they haven't won so uh now let me ask you guys this out of your two teams like what do you think their chances are of making the playoffs now? And I'm going to start with Josh here with the 49ers, and this is their remaining schedule. Next week they've got Jacksonville, and then they've got Minnesota, then Seattle, then Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, and L.A., the Rams. So with their remaining schedule and with maybe a little momentum, Josh, what what do you think – their chances are of making the playoffs because they're cert- currently sitting a uh, couple games out of the, the wild card. Um, I mean, certainly looking at their schedule, there's some promise for wins. I mean, like, there's no guarantee in a win for sure. I mean, when you look at Jacksonville, um, I mean, they, they're not the greatest right now. Um, I mean the the teams that they've won against is the Dolphins by three, um, and then the Bills by three. So it's like narrow wins. I mean, you never want to you never want to sleep on any team for sure, but it is certainly promising. Um, I mean, you have Jacksonville. I mean, Minnesota. They're a decent team. Um, you know, you never want to look at them, overlook them either. Seahawks is always going to be a fun matchup. Um, especially in Seattle, that's going to be a grind game for sure. Cause um, I mean, say they win against Jacksonville, they win against Minnesota. Um, I mean, even the Rams, they have to go now go to green Bay. Um, I mean, next thing game they have is Jacksonville. And so certainly if you have the 49ers winning two Rams only winning one, 
it just itches inches them closer to having that wild card spot. Um, so I mean, after this game, um, there is more confidence in the 49ers, uh, for sure. The the big thing is being healthy because we have the running back curse having our running backs injured now, but um, you know, hopefully they can get out of that slump. Um, and then after even Seattle, you have the Bengals. Um, I mean, they were on a hot start, but now they're hit or miss. Um, then you have the Falcons, then at Tennessee, which they're a good team. <laughs> That's going to be a tough matchup for sure. But then we finish off with the Texans. Uh, heaven forbid if we lose that game. And then we have the Rams um, at L.A. Um, so there certainly is an opportunity for them to try to win as much games as possible to get into that um, wild card spot. But it will be a tall task because it's not just on their end. The Rams have to continue losing their games. I just don't see the Cardinals, you know, losing that many games. But um, certainly the momentum is on their way um, after the game that they just played. Um, and so I'm optimistic about it. I mean, like I said, I like when my teams prove me wrong. So I have more confidence in my 49ers, but it's not just on them, but it's on the Rams to making their mistakes. Well, I mean, Josh, you need to realize there's three wild card teams. So it doesn't matter what the Rams do. It matters what your team does. And then the other teams are fighting for six and seven. The Rams will always take fifth if they continue to end the I mean the Cardinals went out and the Rams went out so we're really looking for sixth and seventh and it I mean technically all four teams can still make the playoffs with the three wild cards and then the one divisional um Clint, I'm sure you're gonna ask who the Seahawks play um or go through it and I, I have it right here Seahawks have Cardinals next uh they can you know, they can actually win this and do an upset because of injuries. Because Kyler Murray, Kyle, Kyler Murray is still hurt. Um, I mean, he is practicing now, but he might not be 100%. And, it, and Colt McCoy, their backup, isn't 100%. So I feel like this is a prime opportunity for the Seahawks to come out and win this game. Um, then they have Washington, the football team. They lost Chase Young. I think they can win that game. Uh, 49ers, and I'll come back to that one. Then they have the Texans, the Rams. And that's really hard for the Seahawks to beat the Rams if, <laughs> right now. Then they have the Bears, the Lions. Oh, if we lose the Lions, yeah, we don't deserve to be in. And then we have the Cardinals at, at the last game. I think the ultimate thing that's going to decide if you know the Seahawks or the 49ers still have a chance is that game, the Seahawks versus the 49ers. I think that's a crucial game for both teams to win. Uh, I think more for the Seahawks because they do need to have a winning record and they need to win at least six of these next eight games to be able to have a winning record of nine and eight. And I think that's going to give them the chance to make it into the seventh seed. But I don't know. I have very little faith in them right now. I was about to ask, what is your your, uh, confidence level in them (laughs) making the playoffs? Percentage wise, out of ten, I, <laughs> I, I would say twenties, twenty percent in the twenty percent. Wow, and, and lots I, of confidence. 
<laughs> I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love my Seahawks. I'll cheer for them every time. I'll still vote for them every time. They just they're missing the magic that they've had prior. Um, that's won the games where they've had those like mo- monumental or mo- momentous swings of a play of a turnover or a huge, you know, 60 yard pass by Russell. They're just missing those plays now. And I feel like they haven't figured it out. And until they do, it's just going to be a struggle for them to win any more games against a good team. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I personally think out of the two teams, I, I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I have no idea how the 49ers looked, but they won that game. And they don't have the easiest schedule, but they have an e- some easy games. Like, as the Seahawks and the 49ers, honestly, the Seahawks have the easier schedule, like Hauser said, to make it there. But the 49ers are in a better position right now at 4-5, and five, and then you've got the Seahawks at 3-6. and six. And so it just, by beating the Rams, the 49ers put themselves in great position. If the Seahawks can beat the Cardinals this week, then their schedule kind of eases up besides that game against the Rams and then another game against the Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see. And like Hauser said, heaven forbid, if they lose to the Lions, if they lose to the Lions, then they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. But we'll see. It's week 11 this week, and then, you know, we've only got, what, six weeks left of NFL before the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. So now let's transition and move on to – a new kind of a new segment something we haven't talked about yet is college basketball is in full swing. And Josh and I went to the BYU game on Friday against San Diego State, and whew, that was a that was that that game got your heart heart running. Uh, the game was never got out of the reach of five points until BYU ended up winning by six, so it was pretty crazy. Uh, and speaking of BYU, last night they went into the Moda Center up in Portland and played number 12 Oregon and kind of sort of blew them out of the water. They won by 32 points. I was watching that game and I was like, holy cow. I was watching the Jazz game and the BYU game and they were both winning by 20 at one point. And I'm just like, holy cow. So it was a good night for if you're a Jazz or BYU fan or both. Uh but what are your guys' thoughts on, first of all, let's just talk about BYU and their start to the season and beating Oregon, you know, and what their their schedule looks like going into the rest of the season. I, I enjoy what I saw from BYU versus Oregon. I think the big factor going into the game was shooting because when you look back at the previous – uh, what was it two games that BYU had um, minus the exhibition. They didn't shoot the ball particularly well and not even that much. I mean, Clint, when we were there at the San Diego State game, they didn't shoot the ball that much because, I mean, when you have San Diego State, they've been known to have a good defense, so they were pressing on them. But I think um, they had the mindset of they just need to continue to shoot the ball more. And uh, Barcelo took that challenge. I mean, shot 11 shots and made nine of 11 of them and four or six from three. And so Barcelo had a monster game. Um, Oregon certainly missed a lot of shots, so that could be a factor as well. But 
this gives BYU the confidence that they need to carry out. And I can even say that if BYU plays like this, um, they have a shot at beating Gonzaga. Um, you know, that is a tall task for, for BYU as well. But in the past, they've shown that they can beat Gonzaga, whether if it's at their home court or at the Marriott Center. Um, and so BYU has a lot of momentum now, um, especially looking at the rest of the schedule for November. I mean, there's uh, Central Methodist, Texas Southern, and then they have Utah at the end of the month, which that's always a good game to see. Um, but BYU has shown that they have the firepower to be able to make a jump in uh, basketball, especially, you know, in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, so it's certainly uh, a big relief seeing how well they played. Um, and they can certainly take this and certainly run with it for the rest of the season. I I think beating Gonzaga is a tall task for any team. Gonzaga <laughs> is good. The return of Timmy is amazing for them. Um, it was a great game. I thought out probably the best game performance that we might see from BYU. Hopefully not, but it was a great game. Um, yeah, their shooting was better than the other games, like Josh said, but I wouldn't particularly just say that they shot better. I would say their defense is really what stood out here. They stopped the you know uh, potent offense of Oregon, scoring eighty six plus game or eighty six points plus a game, and held them to forty nine points, thirty two percent from the field, uh, and shooting percentage. BYU had hit fifty points with twelve minutes left to go in the game. So that just shows you where yeah. the defense was. But, but I mean, you talked about. BYU's thrown off by the press coverage. Well, the way to beat the press is don't let the other team score. And they can't sit up in the press. And so BYU did that against Oregon, and they were able to control the game from, you know, starting with defense, and then they can control their offense and run the plays they want. I mean, it does help when you have, a, you know, Barcelo 9 for 11 and starts 8 for 8. <laughs> but... You know, I think BYU really showed us that they have the team to go far into hopefully, you know, March Madness and um, compete for uh, the West Coast Conference Championship against Gonzaga this year. One uh, thing that I sent you guys last night after the game is there was a stat that came out that BYU was the first unranked team to beat a top 15 team away from home by 30 points or more since 1993. I know I wasn't born. I don't think Josh was born. What year were you born in, Hazard? I was born in 93. Okay, so, so you, you I, were I was... alive for about a month and a half. In November 29th, <laughs> 1993, when UConn beat Virginia. Yeah. When the last time that happened. So that's a pretty cool stat. That, And I, I would say this, this is an argument I do have that I've been thinking about. When when the original rankings come out for a season, no one really knows how good those rankings are because they're just ranking teams based on 
who they have where they were last year to who they have now. Look at UCLA. UCLA wasn't even ranked last year. They went to the Final Four, and now they're ranked number two. Uh, I mean, they are good. I'll, I'll give you that. But So we don't know how good Oregon actually is. Like, yeah, you know, they're good, and they, have, they still have a pretty good, you know, a lot of people from the last year coming back, but we didn't know exactly how good they are. So they're, I'm not discrediting what BYU did, but we also don't know was Oregon the number 12 team in the nation. We'll find out because we'll see how they continue to play. But I think, like Hauser said, hopefully this is not the last time we see a game like this from BYU. Hopefully they, if they can play like this all year long, I think they have a chance to have a really, really good season. Uh, looking at their schedule up until the Gonzaga game in January, on January 13th, there's only one or two games in there unless they, they lay an egg that I could see them possibly losing. Utah has a good start, so I don't know how you know good they are. They have a new coach, so they could still. That's going to be a tough matchup. It's at the Huntsman Center. Uh, hopefully, I mean Josh says he's a BYU fan now, so hopefully he'll be cheering for BYU. Maybe he'll cheer for Utah still. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> No, I I I believe blue. Now, so <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> it's it will be a hard matchup. I will say because Utah with the new coach, I think they bring a more energy than the previous coach. Not discrediting what the old coach has done in past years, um, but I think they bring him a new energy for sure. So I mean, with it being at the Huntsman, that's always a hostile environment for sure. So never want to look over Utah, but like you said, Clint, I think. The rest of up until the Gonzaga game at Gonzaga, um, they can certainly go undefeated. Um, and so that um, just shows how much, how good they really can be. Yeah, I think they, they have a chance to. Like like I said, the Utah game and then at Creighton could be a tough matchup, you know, as well. I mean, there's other games that could be tough, but I think if BYU plays the way they did against Oregon, they shouldn't have a problem with a lot of those teams. Uh, the Utah game, we'll just see. That's next week, so, you know, Thanksgiving weekend, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, BYU is currently, you know, football and basketball undefeated against the Pac-12, so, I mean, the pac is lucky they only have two more games against BYU. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but now that, you know, BYU has beat Oregon, uh, when the rankings come out next week, we're almost guaranteed that BYU will be in the rankings in the top 25. I think they will be in the top 20. Uh, I've seen some people think that they'll be in the top 15. Uh, that's quite a huge jump, but it's possible with the way they played. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, currently, the rankings, uh, Gonzaga still number one, UCLA number two. Uh, they do play in a couple weeks, so that'll be a, a good matchup to see. See if Gonzaga loses one early on or what happens there. And then there's Kansas, uh, Michigan's number four, but Michigan did lose to Seton Hall yesterday. Uh, Villanova, Villanova's there at number five, lost on Friday to UCLA. And then Purdue, Duke, Texas, Baylor, Illinois, Memphis, Oregon, which obviously lost to BYU. Uh, looking down through here, there's a few other teams that kind of surprised me, like uh, St. Bonaventure's in there. Uh 
Alabama, Arkansas. I mean, those are teams that are pretty good. So what do you guys think of what the rankings are early on in the season and kind of how they're going to fluctuate this week with a few upsets and games going on? I mean, what I, I mean, what I like about college basketball is the way the season starts and by the time the season's done, the whole ranking is just all mixed up. Very rarely will a few teams kind of stay where they're at as close as around where they were ranked. And it's typically usually the top five teams that kind of stay where they're at, typically a few of them. But, um, I mean, with college basketball, it's certainly a lot different than college football because, yeah, for college football, there may be times where, like, some team just has a bad night. But um, it happens more often with games in college basketball because – it just takes one team to have a really good night and a really good team to have just a bad night. And there's a um, lot more games in, too and a lot more in a week. Yeah. Um, I looking at the initial rankings, looking at the top five first, I particularly don't like UCLA being that high. I mean, it's just all biased when it comes to momentum from the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, yes, UCLA made it to the final four. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they beat Villanova. So um, they could be, you know, that team. But I mean, right now they're playing North Florida. They're only winning by two. Um, I mean, who knows? They could have a really good second half. But again, the point is they – the rankings is just biased come momentum from the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, now even look at Michigan. They just, like, they lost to Seton Hall. Um, and so, I mean, when you look at the rankings initially, you have the typical teams like Gonzaga, you have Kansas, Michigan, Villanova, Duke. Um, and then as you get more and more down the rankings, I mean, you have typical Memphis, Kentucky down there, Alabama. Um, and then North Carolina. Um, and so, but it's going to change as the season goes on. It, that's to me a guarantee because a lot of things can happen. And so the rankings now is going to be a lot different at the end of the season. Um, and so Gonzaga is certainly a team to beat because now with Timmy coming back, um, he brings an extra firepower to that offense and they have, um, the tall seven, I think he's over seven foot freshman. Hologram. Yeah. Yeah. That, that skinny kid, um, who can ball and pass like no other, like a, a Jokic kind of player. Um, and so Gonzaga is always well coached. Um, and so certainly like Gonzaga could be the team to beat, um, but I'm excited for it just because anything can happen in college basketball and my one of my favorite months in March, the March Madness. Um, certainly can't wait for that. Um, so those are my two cents about it. Well, I, I mean, I got to disagree about the bias with the rankings. I mean, they're taking, these are experts taking what the team did last year and the return of all the starters and the recruiting class and combining it and analyzing this. And, you know, usually, yeah, maybe they're winning by two points, whatever it's basketball. I mean, it doesn't matter what day it is. It, 
basketball isn't the same as, you know, football because basketball doesn't need to be a team sport for a single game. You could have one person take over that game uh, and win the game. I mean, prime example, Kobe Bryant. I mean, how many times has he taken over the game? Michael Jordan. How many times has he taken over the game? Like, you look at those stats and you look at, like, Kobe Bryant's 80-point game, none of his teammates did probably diddly squat. Kobe Bryant just scored 80 points and they won the game. And I think that's the same with, like, any basketball, even college. Like, it just takes one, you know, one person feeling it, being hot to win that game. Ultimately, like, good teams, you know, they have multiple players that are on fire and not being, having problems just one. But I think these rankings are fair. I think UCLA proved to us that they deserve to be ranked high from last year, and they brought a bunch of players back from last year. Um, Oregon brought some players back, and they were good last year. Um, they lost to UCLA, or they would have went continue on. I think they made it the Sweet 16. Um, and so, really, I'm okay with these rankings. Um, because we all know it's 64 teams getting into the college um, March Madness bracket. So there's only 25 here. You don't need to be ranked to make it to the, the bracket. And we can, we've known from previous uh, March Madness that you don't need to be a high rank to make it far either. And so, yeah, rankings are cool but I don't think they're as relevant as like NCAA football rankings. This could also be the year that the Thunderbirds can actually make that jump to get into the college basketball. Well, I was hoping, but man, losing to Dixie State and then getting blown out by St. Mary's, goodness. But anyways, uh, (laughs) um, so next week uh, is going to be a big game with Gonzaga and UCLA, assuming they're both undefeated still by then. Uh, I can't remember. I know Gonzaga plays Duke, too. Let me check. They play UCLA first. So that's actually next Tuesday when we'll be recording our podcast, so we keep track of that then. Uh, ought to be a good game. But let me let me ask this last thing before we move on. Where, where do you guys see – give me a number where you guys see BYU being ranked uh, come Sunday when they bring out the new rankings. Well, I mean, looking at it, um, if I had to put money on it, I I can certainly see them in the top 20. If I had to give a specific number, I could see them making a jump to 19. Um, I think with a win like that in Oregon, that can certainly propel them to, um, you know, that high of a ranking. I mean, I don't really see anything higher than that. I mean, the highest I can see them is probably making that jump to 19. Anywhere below that, um, I can see them getting in t- into the rankings that way. 17. I have them 17. I think this win was a statement win. Uh, they are undefeated. We've seen a lot of teams in the top 25 lose. I think they jump to 17 and show you know, everyone that they are a good team. I like it, Hazard. I like it. 
Uh, I'm going to say top 22, but I'm going to put them right on 20. I, I would like I would like them to be higher. But like Hauser said, sometimes rankings don't really matter, especially this early on in the season. But it will be cool to see see where they're at. So I just wanted a number, see what kind of guarantees Hauser gave us today. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to the NBA real quick. Uh, let's first talk about the Lakers again. I know we always have to bring this up, but, you know, Josh over there putting his hands behind his head's like, oh, great. Talk about the Lakers. Uh, Lakers are once again struggling. Uh, I mean, they did beat the Heat last week, uh, which I did. none of us guessed was going to happen. But they lost to the Bucks tonight, and they're just they're just having a hard go at it. So, Josh, let's give your take on where the Lakers are at right now. Oh, how I love my team sometimes. I mean, if I had to travel back in time and step my foot right into Rob Palenka's office at the Lakers HQ, I would say keep the Buddy Heel trade or the DeMar DeRozan signing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is it is tough to watch them, especially with the high expectations. I even said in the beginning, the key factor with the Lakers' success is they have to kill the turnovers and, of course, stay healthy, which I'm glad we got THT back, which he had a really good game with the Bucks. Um, I mean, with LeBron hurt, it's, you know, we've always seen LeBron as Iron Man, um, but now it's seeing him as human. And a lot of people are starting to see that now, um, where... LeBron's not his health is not where he used to be any little injury it takes him more time you know back then when he started as a rookie he gets a sprained ankle and he's fine um and so certainly not the best shape to be in right now um I mean they are sitting in that seventh play-in spot um and I certainly that's probably at this rate that's probably the best we're gonna see them in my opinion um nothing greater than the play-in tournament, if they keep it up at this rate, um, even if they're healthy. I mean, Russ has such a motor that he plays too hard. I mean, you got to give him the heart. I mean, he has the heart to play, but in what he gets out of it is costly turnovers. He plays so fast to the point where he just turns the ball over. And especially with teams like Golden State, Phoenix on a nine-game winning streak. You have to deal with Dallas. have to deal with the Jazz. The Clippers are on a hot streak. Um, I certainly don't see the Lakers winning the championship at this point. Um, I mean, the beginning of the season, I had my high hopes. But, um, I mean, I hope they prove me wrong. I like when my teams prove me wrong. But at this point, I mean, I'm a tough critic on my Lakers. At this point, it's (laughs) – they're not doing anything. And even – Anthony Davis came out and said, like, we play, we, we just fly out suck right now. And it's, it's true. They just are sucking it up right now. Um, and so c- certainly not the best time for a Lakers fan right now. Certainly I can't even stand to watch them at this point because they can have a lead and they can lose it right then and there. Um, I mean, I gave them props for trying to make a comeback, but Giannis and the Bucks and Middleton back, they were just too strong for them. So certainly – not a good time to be a Lakers fan right now. I'll just leave it at that. 
I mean, I hate I'm saying this right now, but if you're a Lakers fan, don't panic. It's still early. There's still several games to be played. The Lakers do have experience with LeBron and with AD and with Russ. Like, they'll figure it out. I mean, the Miami Big Three wasn't the greatest their first season. Um, Just give them time. Let's see how this plays out before we panic for Lakers. I mean, they're still, what, top eight in the rankings? I don't follow them well enough. Yeah, they're. I think they're seventh right now. Yeah, they're seventh at eight and eight. Like they're still a five hundred above five hundred. Well, they're a five hundred team now, but I. They're still going to make the play in game. I just don't see them. Even if they're struggling, they're still going to win the games they need to win to be a play in game, play uh team, and then if they're healthy, I see them winning that. So let's not worry about them. Yet. I say yet. I mean, the wheelchairs are already out. We'll see if the stretches are starting to come out soon. And then the applications for the retirement home. But we'll wait. <laughs> I mean, Hauser, I'm surprised you're kind of giving the Lakers the benefit of the doubt here. You're more nice to my teams than I am. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to be nice, I, Josh. Thank you, Clint. I was oh, hoping yeah. one of you guys I, would not be nice. I, I can agree with some of the things Hauser said. Like, it's so early on. There's health issues. They're not going to miss the play-in tournament. They're going to be in it, even if they're the 10 seed. Uh, I mean, it would make my heart happy to see them not even make the playoffs. But uh, I don't like the Lakers. I never have. Never will. Uh, I've never liked LeBron. I've never liked Russell Westbrook. Not really been a big fan of Davis. So when they're all on the same team, I'm like, I don't like you. I I do not like them. And I'm not going to use the H word on them, but I do not like them. So I strongly dislike them. So to see them struggling is so much fun. Uh, one last note on the Lakers. Josh sent this to us yesterday. The longtime Staples Center is no longer, no longer going to be the Staples Center, which is kind of crazy to think of because as long as I've been alive, it's been the Staples Center. So uh, what what's it going to be now? Like, the crypto.com arena. Yeah, that just sounds stupid. But anyways. <laughs> but even though Josh's team is struggling right now, there's another team, Hauser and I's team, the Jazz, aren't doing super great right now either. After a great start to the season, they lost four or five. Uh, but then last night they were able to beat the 76ers by 35. Uh, granted, they didn't have... Embiid, Simmons obviously isn't back. Green was out. So they didn't have all their main players, and Curry did not play well, and the Jazz just kind of blew him out of the water and finally played a full, complete game after some disappointing losses at home to Miami, Indiana. So I'm not worried about the Jazz. Uh, Their remaining schedule in November is actually quite easy. Uh, I mean, yeah, they did lose to Orlando and Indiana, which are teams they should have beat. But we've got Toronto, Sacramento, Memphis, Oklahoma City, New Orleans twice, and then Portland. So I think November, I as long as the Jazz have got their wheels going again and get back together, uh, I think I think we're 
maybe only have one, two with the most losses in there, even if we do have any. I mean, obviously Portland's always going to be a, a a hard out, even though they're struggling this year. Damon Lillard just always goes off against the Jazz. Uh, I mean, then Gobert blocks Lillard, and they. It's just how Portland games always go. So, but I, I personally, before uh, I let Hauser talk about our Jazz and what he thinks. I think the Jazz are fine. Just like Gobert always tweets, we're going to be fine. Uh, they just had a little rough stretch. They didn't look good. They looked horrible. Hauser kept texting me in the Miami game, and he was like, the Jazz do not look good. And I'm like, yeah, I know. This is a hard game to watch. And then they almost came back from down 26. So we were we almost pulled an Oklahoma City on the Lakers. Uh, no response from Josh. Uh, <laughs> um I mean, you do have Oklahoma City coming. We up, do, so. we do. So we'll see. And Oklahoma City, and the loss doesn't, and the loss doesn't look that bad because they're actually now sitting in the tenth yeah. spot. I mean, granted, two of their wins came from my Lakers, but doesn't look as bad. Yeah, but they've also beat the Pistons and the Rockets twice. So I mean, doesn't take much to do that. Uh, but I think the Jazz are going to be fine. Still, lots of games to play. Uh, the rest of November, I think they can really get them moving into. December, which December we don't really have a super hard schedule either. So, you know, there's always those moments in the season, no matter which team you're cheering for, whether you're a Lakers fan, a Jazz fan, a Heat fan, whatever you are, there every team has a, a stretch of games where every fan base is like, oh, no, and then they jump back out and figure it out. So, you know, and the thing is, is Donovan hasn't even – like Donovan's been playing – like in the losses, he's been playing actually super well in the losses, and then in the wins, he doesn't even score that much. So I'm like, does, does Donovan just need to like score like 15 points a game and let someone else do all the the heavy lifting? Not really, because Donovan obviously is the the star of the team. Uh, but I'm not worried about the Jazz. I think you know this coming out against Philadelphia against uh, the minivan. Uh, George Niang coming back into town and winning that game. I think especially doing it in like not even letting that game be close was a huge thing for the Jazz and, you know, coming up against Toronto. Toronto's a good team, but I think, you know, we're at home. I think we have a, I think we have enough momentum to go win that game. And out of those last few games, we only have two on the road and that's one in Sacramento and one in Oklahoma city. So anyways, I'll I'll quit rambling. Uh, Hauser, what's your thought on on the Jazz? I mean, it's about time we saw the Jazz be the team that everyone expected. Um, Just to add something that I think that this is going to be crucial for the Jazz is um, Rudy Gay did practice, do a full practice the other day. Uh, So it looks like he is coming back, and I'm interested to see how they incorporate him and see how his um, leadership, defense, and his even his you know offense can kind of jumpstart the Jazz team and you know see how much it elevates the game of the Jazz. But I mean, these are this is a good time to be struggling. Uh, it's better now than you know April during the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm not too worried. 
I think it's still too early to tell where they're going to be. I still think they'll be a top four team um, in the West. Hopefully, you know, one or two, but we'll just see how it works and plays out in the end. So, I mean, go Jazz. certainly Rudy Gay is a nice addition. Uh, certainly a underrated signing for sure, but certainly after the last six games now with the Jazz, even before that, they were like, oh, Rudy Gay's like will be a nice complimentary, nice insurance policy. But now it's like after that skit, it's just like, holy cow, we actually need Rudy Gay. <laughs> Not saying like as far as his – like as far as his play goes, um, I mean not like a major impact, but certainly a veteran presence does help with the Jazz because Rudy Gay has been there being able to, you know, uplift them from – not saying that, that the Jazz are currently immature, but – uh, can certainly take them to another level as far as um, the um, not necessarily the confidence, but experience goes. So we'll just see how the NBA season continues to play out. Uh, got some good games coming up this week for both our teams. So we'll see how that goes. So let's move on now to our pickums. We'll start with KSL pickums. Uh, I had a super good week last week uh, in the KSL pickums, and I went five and zero. Josh went three. Uh, Hauser went three and two, and Josh went four and one. Uh, currently, I have a thirty-seven and eighteen record. Hauser has a thirty-four and twenty-one, and Josh has thirty-three and twenty-two. So let's move right into this week. Uh, the first game is a huge one. We've kind of already talked about it uh, here and there. But Ohio State and Michigan State, uh, number four versus number seven. Uh, I'll start us off. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think Michigan State can stick with Ohio State, but I think in the end Ohio State's going to be too much for them, especially uh, in Columbus. Uh, I have Ohio State winning 31-24. You mean the Ohio State. This will be a good game for sure. Um, I actually have family um, in the Ohio era, Menor to be more exact. Um, Shout out to them. Uh, But I think Ohio State's finally figured it out. Um, You know, certainly that um, loss against Oregon didn't really help them. Um, But, I mean, at the same time, I think they actually figured it out at this point. And they can certainly make a run in the college football playoffs. So they'll be back and forth. But I have I have the Ohio State winning twenty one to seventeen. Josh, I thought you were going to be all sentimental and consider me family and be like, I have family over there in you know Cleveland, Ohio. But that was my brother too. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, thanks. my brother. Uh, Mender is a really nice town, by the way. We'll talk about this later off the podcast, but um, the Ohio State's figuring crap out, um, and I think they're just a better team. So I have them winning twenty-eight to twenty. Next game we have on the docket: uh, Cincinnati Bearcats versus the SMU Mustangs. Uh, this is a big game for Cincinnati. Uh, I think it's one of their toughest 
is their toughest on left on the schedule. Uh, I think they, they, like we talked about earlier, they need to win out to get to college football playoff, but I have them winning this game. I think they're going to come in and do what Hauser said and give a little trounce and not super trounce trounce on them, but I have them winning 41, 28. I need to clarify. I didn't say they're going to trounce them. I am saying they, they need to beat them. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's what I was getting at, but yeah. Well, I'm saying that because everything in my right mind and everyone in the right mind was going to, should be choosing Cincinnati for this game. But there's this little, little thingy in my, my gut. that's just like, you know, there needs to be an upset somewhere. And I think this is a good opportunity to choose the upset. So I think SMU is going to upset uh, Cincinnati this week. Uh, 30 to 28. Dang. In Cincinnati too. That, that would be huge. Um, I honestly went back and forth on this matchup. Um, certainly this will be the, I shouldn't say the, one of the toughest matchups because they did play against Notre Dame, which is a really good team. Um, the reason why I'm picking Cincinnati is with Cincinnati winning out, um, that gives them the best chance to get them into the comfortable playoffs to be able to kind of give them a new face in the playoffs. Um, we, I mean, we see typical Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, so this kind of gives them a new face. So um, certainly would be back and forth battle, but I think this game will kind of give Cincinnati that motivation to say, hey, like no matter what the committee says, we're, we're the top dog here and we're undefeated for a reason. Um, so I have Cincinnati winning 28 to 24. And it'd be good for the future Big 12, too, that BYU is going to be a part of. All right, moving on to the next matchup. Speaking of BYU, BYU has uh, the first of two road games to finish off the season. They're playing the Georgia Southern Eagles on the road. Uh, Georgia Southern is 3-7. and seven. Uh, I don't think BYU is going to have a struggle at all with Georgia Southern. I think they're going to come out of their bye week and just jump on them, and I think they're going to... I'm going to give Georgia Southern three touchdowns. BYU is going to win this one 40-21. to 21. Oh, that's very generous of you to give them three touchdowns. Um, I, I, I mean, pretty straightforward. BYU is going to win this game, unless somehow they choke. Uh, Georgia Southern, I give them two touchdowns and a field goal. So I have them uh, losing 17-49 to 49 with BYU winning. Oh, for some reason I thought you meant BYU was going to lose. I was like, oh, wow. No, <laughs> no way. No way. Heaven forbid if BYU loses this game. <laughs> um, pretty straightforward for me as well. I won't be as nice. I'll just give Georgia Southern two touchdowns. Um and BYU will be great offensively. So I have BYU winning 45-14. to 14. We'll see which one of us is closest on the Georgia Southern side. All right, moving on to uh, a huge matchup in Salt Lake City. Number 23, Utah Utes versus number 3, Oregon Ducks. I'm going to start with a former slash current Utah fan. I don't know what you call him. Uh, Josh, what do you think is going to happen in this matchup in Salt Lake. 
I was shown the light by my wife and in-laws. So, <laughs> um, I mean, this will be a tough matchup for sure. I mean, going back to our previous conversation, it's hard to be a good team twice. And Utah, if, if for Utah to make it into the Pac-12 championship, they need to beat Colorado in their last game. Otherwise, if they lose two in a row, uh, it's, it's not going to be looking good for them. Um, so if, if the story runs true about what I said with, you can't beat a good team twice, I'd rather see Utah lose this game, um, and then winning the Pac-12 championship. So it's going to be back and forth, but I think Oregon can win this one 24 to 21. Yeah. I mean, Utah's good. I think Oregon is good. Uh, they're great. I mean, that'd be Ohio State, but Ohio State wasn't really fake. They didn't really know who they were at that time, like they do now. And I don't think if if Oregon and Ohio State played, you know, tomorrow, I think Ohio State will obliterate Oregon. I could be wrong, but that's what I feel now, just watching these two teams. Um, just kind of what Josh said. It's hard to beat a good t- team twice. I just don't think. Utah beats Oregon uh, this time. And I have them. I have Oregon winning 31 to 24. So last time I've got a gut feeling. And the last time I had a gut feeling about Utah, they were playing Arizona state at home. And I switched a score right during the podcast. I'm going to do it again because I have this gut feeling that Utah is, is going to win this week in Salt Lake against Oregon. I think it's going to be a close game, and I don't know why I have a gut feeling, but I think Utah is going to pull this one out, 35-28, and end Oregon's chances. It's a college football playoff. All right, let's move on to the last one here. Utah State, currently 8-2, and two, playing the Wyoming Cowboys at home, 5-5. Five and five. I think Utah State's going to win this game, and I've got to have you know that that famous score twenty six seventeen. Yeah, I voted against Utah State last week and suffered the consequences. I don't think I'm voting against them this week. Uh, so I have Utah State winning thirty four twenty one. Yeah, um, Utah State certainly have a magical year. They're in the standings for the Mountain West and the Mountain Region. They are in first place uh, with a 5-1 conference record, so they certainly can't have the opportunity to win the Mountain West this year. Um, and so uh, with against Wyoming, they're not that great this year, so Utah State's going to win easily 35-24. Um, to 24. All right, that does it for our queso pick'ems. Let's move on to the NFL uh, pick'ems. Uh, guys, we struggled in the picks last week. We all had the same picks, and we went one and four. The only one we got right was the Bills beating the Jets. So, uh, hard week for us. So, that puts our, our scores. Uh, Josh is still waiting at 28 and 22. I'm at 27 and 23, and Hauser has a losing record at 24 and 26. <laughs> so 
Let's start. Lowest score wins, right? <laughs> I guess. We're just playing golf here. Um, let's start uh, now with week 11. Going into week 11, Thursday night football. We've got the uh, Patriots at the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are 4-5. and five, Patriots are 6-4. and four. Guys, what, what, how's there, what's your thought on this game and who's going to win it? I think the Patriots are, you know, doing well right now. Uh, they've won the last five. Mac Jones is figuring, you know, the system out and figuring the NFL out. Falcons are just, they're an okay team. They're about Ryan. Eh, it depends on the day. I think the Patriots win this one. I mean, their defense is good. Mac Jones is doing great. And I think Patriots actually make the playoffs this year too. I should say, I think I know they will. Guarantee. You know, you you took a guarantee. I was going to say a guarantee, but not similar to yours. Um, Patriots are on a roll. Um, Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, all the Patriots are figuring it out. I'm putting this guarantee. I will guarantee that the Patriots are actually going to win their division. With the Bills and the way they're playing, it's not looking so much as for sure they're going to win a division. The Bills, I still think, can make the playoffs, but I think the Patriots will end up winning the division. So I have the Patriots winning against Falcons in this case. Bold statement, bold statement. Uh, I still think Hauser has that guarantee of the Bills making the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) I have to agree. Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, Falcons are figuring things out a little bit better, but Matt Ryan's old and things just aren't going well, and and they don't have a good history against the Patriots. So uh, I saw. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I saw a thing this week when the Falcons were playing the Cowboys. Uh, at one time, the score was twenty-eight to three, and they posted on their Twitter. They're like, "Yeah, we know, we know," and then like Twitter went crazy about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I have the Pats winning this one. It's in Atlanta, but it, it would shock me if the Falcons beat the Patriots because Mac Jones, high cows are set, is figuring things out. And they're 6-4, and four, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I still don't like the Patriots, so hopefully they don't, but we'll see what happens. But the Pats are going to win this game. Moving on to uh, Sunday morning football game, classic rivalry between the Vikings and the Packers in Minnesota. Uh, Vikings are 4-5, and five, Packers are 8-2. and two. Josh, who do you have winning this one? Um, one thing to note is they actually have Aaron Rodgers as questionable. Um, so that'd be interesting. I mean, I'm sure he'll probably end up playing, but on a side note, but, um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on a roll. Packers are on a roll. Minnesota is good. I mean, they're not great. They're good. They're okay. But I just think the Packers can still continue to go on a roll. So I had the Packers winning in this one. Um, I really think, you know, the Packers are just a good team. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are listed as questionable, but it's because they missed part of the media day uh, today. So it was really undisclosed. So it seems like they just didn't want to show up. <laughs> so they just listened as questionable and it shuts everyone up. Uh, I think the Packers won this one. Kirk Cousins isn't doing great. And I just, 
they have too many injuries on the defensive side for the Vikings to keep up with uh, Green Bay. So I have Green Bay winning. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, I've chose against the Packers, I think, every time this year. Every time they've been on our pick them, and they always win. So, uh, I mean, it is in Minnesota, so that's, you know, Minnesota seems to have a huge fan base there and in their new stadium. Well, it's not super new, but it's still new. Uh, but, yeah, I have the Packers winning. I don't think Kirk Cousins, I, I really think the Packers, I mean, not the Packers, the Vikings, they're going to go anywhere. They need to find themselves a new young quarterback to lead them. But, yes, I have the Packers winning this game. So that's a, another sweep. Uh, let's move on to Sunday afternoon football. Uh, the Chiefs versus the Cowboys at, at Arrowhead Stadium. How's who do you got winning? The Chiefs look good against the Raiders. I mean, they look like Patrick Holmes look like himself. Uh, and this really hurts me to say this, but I think the Cowboys are going to win this. Um, don't like the Cowboys. I always tell everyone they can cheer for anyone but the Cowboys, and I'll be fine with them. But the Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott's playing great. T. Lamb is doing well. Like, the Cowboys have things figured out, and I think they're actually kind of scary for the, the NFC, and they can go pretty far. Yes, we haven't really seen them do much in the playoffs, so I'm not too afraid, but if they figure things out in the playoffs, you know, there's a chance that they play in the NFC Championship this this year. So, I have the Cowboys winning. You know, looking at what the Chiefs did to the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are the Raiders, in my opinion. <laughs> but I actually agree with Hauser. I am going to root for the Cowboys. Um, this could be a game that could be defining for the Cowboys. Hauser never said he um, was going to root for the Cowboys, so you're not agreeing with him. <laughs> you're just... <laughs> yeah, I'm not rooting for them. I'm just giving my opinion and professional opinion i should say that they're okay. gonna win this game <laughs> okay <laughs> um i mean the cowboys defense is legit and with the chiefs and their losses this year have come from teams who've had good defenses and so in that case i have the cowboys winning against the chiefs i was going to choose the cowboys but Last week, we all chose the same teams, and records went nowhere. So, it's in Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs looked better against the Raiders. Granted, like how Josh said, it's the Raiders. Uh, But I'm just going to, like, technically, I guess this is an upset. I'm going to go for the upset. I'm going to have the Chiefs win this one. All right, moving on to Sunday Night Football. Uh, we've got the Chargers versus the Steelers. The Chargers are five and four. The Steelers are five, three, and one. Josh, who do you have winning this one? Um. Well, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from the Steelers. Um. You honestly don't know what you're going to get with the Chargers either. I mean, Chargers going off to a great start, and they're kind of meh at this point. Um. But I think where 
the teams are that right now. I think the Chargers have more offensive power. Um, Steelers, you know, they have the WAP brother. <laughs> he's he's going up to be the defensive player of the year. But I think the I think I'll have the cha- the Chargers cannot speak this this evening. Um, I'll have the Chargers winning this one against the Steelers. Well, TJ Watt is hurt, so we'll see if he plays this Sunday or not. Um, I mean, the Chargers just look better. I mean, Pittsburgh, I don't know how they're 5-3. and three. Yeah, they beat my Seahawks. Yeah, see, we don't talk about that, but I just don't see them winning this game against the Chargers, and I have the Chargers winning. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I don't like the Steelers. And they they ended up tying and almost getting beat by the Lions last week. I agree with Hauser. I don't know how they're 5-3-1. Five, th- five and three and one. Uh, So, and Justin Herbert's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, granted, his, his college team's going to lose to Utah this week, like I said. But... I have the Chargers as well. All right, moving on to Monday Night Football. Uh, Bucks first, Giants. I'm going to go first and just say Buccaneers. Uh, they're not. They're. They're not even. But they're not like the Chiefs, where they're bad, but not Giants bad. The Bucks are good, and the Giants are bad. So Bucks. I mean. We saw the upset last week against the Bucks with Washington football team winning uh, and beating them. I don't see we knowing Tom Brady. I just don't see an upset twice in a row. <laughs> so I have the Bucks, and I should say I have Tom Brady winning this game. Heaven forbid if the Bucks went uh, lose two in a row, especially to the Washington football team and the Giants. I mean, even though Tom Brady has a long history of losing to the Giants, but. The Bucks of the Bucks, Bucks win. All righty. Let's move on to the final pick'em, the NBA pick'em. Uh, I had a disastrous week last week. I went 0-5. Did not pick well. Uh, Hauser didn't do much better. 1-4. and four. And then Josh led us all with 3-2. and two. Josh, uh, Hauser was saying last week that... Uh, he was the NBA expert. Well, see where that went real quick. But hey, you're not losing. Uh, I'm nine and eleven. Josh is eleven and nine, and Hauser is eleven and nine. So, so I'm the, still the expert, technically. The duo experts here. The duo experts. Great records at eleven and nine, guys. I mean, I'm nine and eleven. So, call nine one one. All right, so. Week five, we're, we'll start off uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Cavs versus the Warriors. Uh, chose this matchup because, you know, we had four or five, four, four finals in a row with these two teams. Obviously, they're totally different teams now. Well, not totally. We still have Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Uh, but this, this game's up in Cleveland, right by Hauser. Hauser, let's start with you. Who's who's gonna win this game? Um, 
I have an upset here, actually. I'm going wild. I'm starting wild. You know, I was too conservative last time. That's what, you know, screwed me over. So I'm going upset. Cavaliers win against the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry is questionable at this time. So we'll see if he does play or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm going off of what we know right now. Steph Curry is day-to-day. And with him being out, um, I just don't see who else will help carry them to this win. So I'm with you, Hauser. I actually have the Cavs winning in this one. Gosh, guys, you just keep picking what I was going to pick. Um, I, I, I just don't want all these sweeps. So whether this hurts my record or not, I mean, I can't ever go. Like, the Warriors are good, and even without Steph Curry, I think they're going to win this game. I actually have been cheering against them because I want them to not be so close. I mean, the Jazz to be closer to them, but they just obliterated the Nets the other night. And, yes, Curry did go off. Uh, if Curry plays, Warriors win this easy. If he doesn't play, someone's going to step up. Warriors are going to win. Moving on, uh, Friday night uh, in Boston, Celtics versus the Lakers. I'll start with you, Josh. Uh, They just lost to Milwaukee and Chicago, and now another East team in the Celtics who are struggling this year. So two struggling franchises that are usually – really good, and they both have 17 championships. Who do you got winning, Josh? Out of any team I hate in sports, it is the Boston Celtics. I hate the Celtics with a burning passion. I will never cheer for them in this case, no matter how bad my Lakers look. The Lakers, I think, can bounce back from this game. Um, Such a historic rivalry in sports. Um, So this will be a good matchup. I have the Lakers winning in this one. Um, Celtics, it, they're playing better. That's, that's literally, I, the Lakers are okay, and I don't think the Lakers are going to be just losing games left and right, but I just don't see them beating the Lakers in Boston at this time. So, go Celtics. I have a hard time with the West one because I don't like either one of these teams. I just, I have a, like, I'm already giving the reasons I don't like the Lakers. I just, I mean, Boston... Granted, one of the big reasons I don't like them is that's where Hayward left to go. But they also have 17 championships. And granted, if the Jazz had 17 championships, I'd probably still be a fan. But I just don't know. I think I I, I dislike the Lakers more. And even though the Celtics are struggling and got their butts handed to them by the Hawks tonight, it's, it's it's in Boston. So... And Celtics are going to figure things out eventually, and why not do it against the Lakers? So I see, I agree with Hauser. Celtics are going to win this one. Moving on to Saturday night, uh, Wizards versus the Heat. Uh, the Wizards, I do believe they lost tonight to the Hornets, uh, but I still think they're atop the, the Eastern Conference. They do play the Heat tomorrow night as well in Miami, and then this game will be on Saturday. In Washington, how's it? Who do you got winning? Um, this one's hard because I don't see either team winning both games, and so I have either 
Washington wins in Miami, Miami wins in Washington, or vice versa. Um, I think my gut saying for this particular game in Washington, I have Washington beating the Heat. Um, I think Kuzma is going to have a great game and, you know, show us that he is a great player and he was constricted by the reins of LeBron. So, uh, yeah, I think the Wizards Before you say anything, Josh, speaking of that, Hauser, I don't know if you guys saw uh, the tweet that went around uh, of a, what, uh, Cleveland, when Cleveland and the Wizards played, played the other night, they showed... Uh, Cleveland Station showed on the thing Kyle Kuzma uh, won an NBA championship thanks to LeBron James. And then he commented back and says, I'm glad we have something in common. I just thought that was to Cleveland. I thought that was funny. I I saw that and I laughed because they were on, it's on the news or the radio here. And I was laughing. Uh, I didn't know about that comment, which I thought was really, that's pretty hilarious too. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, to me, um, I think it, it could go either way. Um, Wizards are on a hot streak. Miami had some skits, and then now they're coming back when they beat the when they beat the Jazz, and then when they beat Oklahoma City. Um, I think I honestly think the Heat can pull out this one. Um, and I could even see the Heat winning both games at Miami and at Washington. Um, Jimmy Butler's just playing out of his mind. They have him back. Tyler Hero's running for the sixth man of the year. He's playing lights out. Um, so I have the Heat winning against this one in, Wa- in Washington. I think I have to agree with Hauser on this one. The Two things. First of all, I don't think one, either one of these teams is going to win both of these games. Uh I think the Heat are going to beat the Wizards at home, and then I think the Wizards are going to come back for revenge and win uh, in Washington. Moving on to Sunday night, we've got uh, the Bulls at home versus the Knicks. Uh, Josh, start with you on this one. Um. I have the Bulls winning this one. Um, Knicks started off pretty good, but now they're kind of hit and miss. Um, I think Chicago has more, I shouldn't say chemistry. Um, They have more talent than the Knicks. Um, Not to discredit Julius Randle and their other other players, but um, I just think the Bulls, they're going to continue the hot streak, so I have the Bulls winning this one. Um, the Bulls let me down last week. I definitely picked them backwards like I shouldn't have, but, um, I had the Bulls winning this week against the Knicks. The Bulls are just on a hot streak and they're playing well. They do have more chemistry, Josh, and I think they're just playing really, really good basketball as of late. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I did the same thing as Hauser last week and, but we had the Bulls on there twice and switched to which ones they won. Uh, but they're playing the Knicks. Like Josh said, the Knicks started off really well. And their first loss was the Magic, and then they lost to the Magic again tonight. So I just don't see the Knicks winning this, especially in Chicago. It would be really surprising to me. So I have the Bulls winning this one. 
So that's the first sweep we've had today. Uh, we'll move on to the final one, Monday night. Uh, Jazz at home versus the Grizzlies. I'll start us off. I hate to do this, but the Jazz are going to win this one. And so hopefully they actually do, because I can't seem to pick them when they win. So unless they play in Oklahoma City. So the Jazz are going to win this one. I think they're going to they're going to start back on their streak. They're going to go win in Sacramento and then come back and win at home against Grizzlies. You know, I'm laughing. I wanted to choose the Jazz, but just knowing your curse, uh, I'm going to see and test that curse, and I'm going to not cheer for the Grizzlies. I'm going to say the Grizzlies win this one against the Jazz, but I'll still cheer for the Jazz. I mean, minus the curse and everything. Um, this one was a tough one for me, too, um, especially seeing the Jazz playing the way they have been recently. Um, hasn't been looking that great. And same with the Grizzlies, too. I mean, losing against the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Suns. Um, but I think the Jazz can bounce back in these next skit of games. Um, so I have the Jazz winning in this one. All righty. Hey, all I have to say is, Clint, if the Jazz lose against the Grizzlies, you're never allowed to cheer for them or vote for them. I was going to say, I can't cheer for them. Uh, that's going to be a little hard. No, no, not cheer. <laughs> you just can't vote for them. In you the always have to vote against them. <laughs> all right. Yes, please. All right, we'll, 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 we'll test that theory this week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So that, that does it uh, for the NBA Pick'em. Looks like we this week we had all but one of those be a 2v1, so it'll be an interesting week. Hopefully I don't go 0-5 again uh, for the sake of the Jazz. Uh, so that that's all we have for you today. Uh, it's a fun one. Got a lot a uh, fun week of sports ahead of us. and We'll see. Uh, hopefully our, our teams win and the Lakers lose, and <laughs> I know that's how Josh's team. That's why I had to say that. So, but we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.